1: Mainstream media outlets do not cater for the needs of you as a Muslim. There are topics which they will completely ignore. For example, the hijab ban that is happening in India, the Islamophobia that Muslim women all over in the West are facing. They don't even report Palestine or Syria in a balanced manner. So through my podcast and my YouTube channel, I discuss the topics specifically related to Muslim women, that particular mainstream popular culture will not discuss. Topics like critiquing feminism, topics such as number of hijab bans, niqab bans that are happening in India, in France, in Canada, these are challenges that Muslim women are facing. And I'm going to keep continuing to shine a light on these topics. So, inshallah, I would love your help and support in continuing to create this content for Muslim women, which is challenging the very negative Islamophobic narrative that we are being given. I think as a Muslim creator, we should be producing content that is Islamic, that is well researched and provides hope to Muslim women and men that as Muslims, when we see an evil, we can change it with our hand we can speak about it or we can hate it in our heart and i think some of us are able to create videos and podcasts and others who are not able to do that like yourself you can support that work as well and gain in the reward inshallah by contributing and supporting to my Patreon page. The link is in the description below. Inshallah may Allah reward you and please do the while well for all the Muslims around the world that we can continue to challenge this Islamophobic narrative but always remember that Allah is with the righteous. Assalamualaikum and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Farhat Amin and alhamdulillah today I've got a... Um, Regular guest that we have on the podcast. Her name is Seher, and her Instagram page is Bookie Fiction. And when Seher has come on previously, she's uh, shared some of her, Masha really uh, detailed book reviews with us. You can also read her book reviews on Instagram and Goodreads and in case you're not on Instagram or Goodreads you can uh, read them on my website smartmuslima.com. Uh, so today Sahar going to be sharing her Ramadan book recommendations which I'm really happy about because I've set time aside I'm hoping to detox my social media a little bit and do more reading of, of Islamic books. How are you and the family?
2: Yeah, alhamdulillah, everyone's okay. And yeah, we're really looking forward to Ramadan as well. I think everyone's just preparing this weekend because it's. I think it's going to be on Monday or Tuesday. So yeah, yeah I know loads sure. of people that are prepping. How yeah. How do you prep for Ramadan? Um, so I think the first thing that needs to be done in my house is for it to be clean. So we've been doing a oh. major clean this morning. Oh my God. That- I'm not kidding. That's exactly what I did today.
1: Yeah. I, I don't understand why I did it. Because
2: <laughs> I, I feel like when your house is clear, like you have a clearer mind and then you can actually get, you know, into the mindset of Ramadan, what you need to do and set your goals and things. So, yeah, that's what we've been doing this morning. Yeah. Um, I cleaned,
1: I think I spent an hour cleaning the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> and, oh gosh. And, and then I got onto the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I think partly I, do, I don't want to do it in Ramadan. I'll clean exactly, <laughs> but, exactly I, yeah. but not a deep clean
2: no no that's why I said to get all of this stuff done before so yeah that's what we're doing in terms of prepping and then um just putting up some you know like nice decorations and like fairy lights and things just to you know get into the vibe a bit oh yeah
1: that's nice yeah, yeah get that Ramadan feeling um yeah have you bought your dates I, I went out and got yes dates and yogurt and ketchup which yeah are kind of essentials for
2: Ramadan yeah, my mum's been doing like a lot of shopping for Ramadan, so we've got um, like Ajwa dates and some other things that we've kind of got from the markets so all because we do really good, um, they have really good dates in our market. So yeah, we've stocked up on all of those on the last. Oh,
1: wonderful. Excellent. So let's begin then. So what's the first book recommendation for Ramadan?
2: So the first book recommendation is a book by Ustada Janan Yusuf, and it's called Reflecting on the Names of Allah. So I found this book through a kind of another female-led Islamic podcast that I listen to quite regularly, um, whereby the hosts were interviewing the author, So Ustadah Jinnan Yusuf. Um, So Reflecting on the Names of Allah is basically a book that is about how to know and establish and maintain a connection with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's done via understanding the Ismail Husna, which is, you know, his beautiful names and qualities and attributes. Um, And one thing that they mentioned on the podcast regarding uh, regarding this book was about how to connect with each one of Allah subhanahu wa names in different moments of our lives so perhaps we're going through a difficult situation you know there's a word of a, there's a name of Allah that we can kind of incorporate to our into our life and understand it and then how can Allah help us through the situation and you know like when you're going through specific trials and tribulations or even you know happy moments um, we should always be cognizant of the qualities of Allah and yeah just you know his names in general so you know finding that a deeper understanding mm-hmm. and is it a is it a long book um I haven't okay so I've been trying to get this book for weeks but it's sold out in the UK so I haven't actually read it but oh. what I have done yeah so I listened to the podcast I read some reviews and it just seems Marshall like a really brilliant book um because how often do we kind of sit down and contemplate on the names of Allah like we maybe do it like during Ramadan then we kind of forget about it throughout the entire year so I know that this is something that i personally set as my own goal this Ramadan to understand who Allah is via his names and use it as a means to get closer to him. So I can't think of a better time to do that than doing it during Ramadan. But I also kind of want to make it a long term goal in the sense that I want to reflect on them constantly throughout the entire year and you know, my entire life. Um, but yeah, that's, okay. that's the first book recommendation.
1: So, uh, so can you repeat the title, please?
2: Yeah, it's called Reflecting on the Names of Allah by Ustada Jinnan Youssef. Okay, wonderful. Um, right, what's, what's the next one? So the next book is a popular book by Imam Ghazali. It's called Inner Dimensions of Islamic Worship. And I actually read this book last Ramadan and it was just so instrumental in revitalising and enhancing my Salah. Um, so I think for many of us, especially those of us that have been praying for you know most of our lives, We don't realize that Salah just happens to become this very ritualistic and habitual practice and we forget to be mindful and conscious of, you know, our actions, the bodily movements that we're doing and the words that we're uttering in Salah. So, you know, these are both really highly significant aspects of the Salah. Um, But what I think this stems from. So this lack of connection or, you know, just making it into a kind of mindless ritual is that we don't actually know Arabic in the first instance. So without that very basic understanding of what we're reciting. We really lack that connection and cognizance. So you can just stand there in Salah with your hands folded. You don't know what you're reciting. And I think that's where the problem lies. So you don't know what you're saying. You don't know know, how am I praising Allah? What exactly am I saying? So for me personally, a few years ago when I was just really fed up and I was like, I need to get something more out of my prayer. Like you know, we're, when, we're, when we're children, we're so emphasised to learn Arabic, you know, learn specific surahs of the Quran, but that understanding and the translation is very lacking. We don't really learn that. So a few years ago, when I was just really fed up, I decided to learn, OK, I'm going to learn the translation of the slah. What does every single word and verse mean? And I think that's what was the kind of pivotal moment in my life. And that was what was truly life changing. So now when I recite, although I'm reciting the Arabic out loud, my, ma- my mind is automatically translating and digesting the verses. And, you know, slowing down obviously helps as well. You know, you're not supposed to rush your Salah. Um, So in this book, Imam Ghazali yokes each of the five pillars. So that is Shahada, Salah, Zakah, Salman, Hajj to the inner realm of the soul. Um, And one thing that he states in the book, which I found very kind of like, it kind of, it was just very frank and candid was, he goes, "Um, what is the point of reciting? Show us the straight path. If one is in a state of absent-mindedness and it's just so true because we re- recite Surah sura fataha in every single raka and it's just like, you know, we're saying guide us to the straight path, guide us to the straight path. But why are we saying this if we're just, you know, reading Salah very mindlessly? Mm. So, yeah, yeah that, uh, this is really good, yeah, a yeah, very so good book.
1: Was that, did did you, again, I'm wondering about the length of that. Is that something you'd mm. recommend that you like kind of read a little bit every day?
2: Yeah, this is actually a very short book. You can find Uh it on Amazon or uh, Kindle. Um, You can pretty much read it all in one go or you can, you know, take your time with it. Um, But it's quite a it's quite a quick read. And I think this is something that can, you know, you'll get the quick win of this is that you will just really transform your Salah. So I just Uh think this is a really brilliant one. Yeah. Okay. And so what was the name of that book again? So it's called Inner Dimensions of Islamic Worship by Imam Ghazali. Inner Dimensions of Islamic Worship,
1: okay, that's,
2: yeah, yeah it's interesting, I've I read, um, I've read a small book of Ghazali,
1: Imam Ghazali's, and I can't, mm-hmm. I think it's advice to a student, it's on mm-hmm. the bookshelf, I, I can't, I'd grab it now, Um, and that was quite nice and succinct, um, like sometimes with Ghazali, you can, sometimes people are put off by reading anything by Imam Ghazali, just think, oh, it's going to be really heavy, yeah. And I don't think I understand it. It's gonna um, because he's so intelligent, he's so philosophical. Sure. But I think yeah, the, uh, this sounds like a very good. um It could be like a beginner book for Imam Ghazali. If, if any, if, you're, if if any of the listeners are thinking, yeah, I'd like to do something, then would you say this is a good book to start?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to read. No like convoluted language or anything. You know, it's quite accessible for lo- you know many ages. So. Mm-hmm. yeah okay wonderful um and what's the third book so the third book is etiquette with the quran by imam nawawi um so this book has advice on how we approach the quran how we treat it um you know in terms of treating it, it's whether we're reciting it or whether we're um, approaching you know the physical must have the physical copy that we have what's the etiquette that goes with that um so it includes chapters on wudu so ritual cleanliness what are the best times to recite Um, and the etiquettes that students of Qur'an should have with their teachers and vice versa. That's a very important part of when you're learning the Qur'an or memorising the Qur'an or you know, learning tajweed or something like that, you know, there's a respect that we show to our teachers and that teachers show to their students and this book kind of delves into that. Um, And I think this book is quite vital because, you know, we definitely have a duty to respect the words of Allah. We have a duty to respect the Qur'an. Um, So, for example, um, we shouldn't just begin reciting ayat of the Quran immediately following ordinary speech. We add the, bis- uh, the we add the buffer of Bismillahirrahmanirrahim um, out of respect to distinguish our speech. You know, whatever we're speaking English or du from the divine speech of Allah. So it's kind of like these little um, you know, these manners and etiquettes mm. that we have when we're re- reciting the Quran. So that's you know, it's quite. I think this one's quite good for beginners as well. Mm. Just how we approach the Quran.
1: Yeah that, that's really interesting when i I, I moved when I did a course um and I, we learned about that and it's funny how a number of the etiquettes they've actually within kind of okay I'm, I'm Pakistan so Pakistani culture they mm-hmm. actually have them in there and we, and I had it's interesting you know it's easy to gate or just disregard some of the things that come from culture because you think oh there's you know this is just yeah Pakistani's saying stuff they <laughs> made always making up stuff but it was very interesting that when I saw the um I just thought this is what my parents used to tell me yeah and yeah. so there is just because they may not have known the evidences and they had not written it down yeah so that that sounds like a really good book who's the uh, so it's Imam Nawawi?
2: yeah yeah
1: okay so this is these this must be translation of Arabic
2: Yes, it is a translation. I think this is um, similar to the Imam Ghazali book in the sense that it's not too long. So, you know, you can read it as a beginner. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, yeah. excellent. And so um, what's the next book on your list? So the next one is a contemporary read. It's called The Heart of the Qur'an by Asim Khan. So this is an exploration of Surah Yasin, which is, you know, quite a popular surah. Many of us recite it on a daily basis in the morning. And um, what one thing about this book is that it contains illustrations. So, it's good for people that are more visual learners like for me for example if I'm studying an Islamic topic I'm drawing diagrams and you know flowcharts and things like that just to make it just to you know uh, solidify in my own memory um so I think this is a good book for people that one love Surah Yaseen which I'm sure most of us do and two that are visual learners um and this I think this book is found you can find it's available in most kind of Islamic bookshops in the UK and I think the US as well but definitely in the UK like Q publishing and things so uh-huh yeah that's quite and, an accessible one
1: and um is it is that because I've seen that book there was another sister who who I know did a review of that and is this for teenagers would you say as well for teenagers yeah, so. we didn't it's, get it
2: yeah it's got you know quite simple language I think a lot of the books that are in my recommendations for Ramadan this year are quite simple to understand there's nothing really convoluted about it mm-hmm. because yeah
1: because if um I know if if there are any mums listening that um, they're always looking for easy to um, um, easy reads to give to their teenagers in particular. Mm-hmm. okay younger kids, I think it's quite, you the younger kids, Muslim books for young children and there there's Muslim loads of them. I think you know that stage with like teenage young adult yeah. or teenage. I don't know how much there is out there, but the what you're recommending sounds like that would, you know, be good for teenagers and, you know, young adults
2: as well. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually, because I've never thought of it like that, because obviously we have, on the one hand, you've got all the children's Islamic books, and then you have the ones for like adults. But yeah, I think there is a, a, you know, the teenage gap really needs to be kind of solidified and built on so that, you know, teenagers that are in high school or starting university and things like that, they have a range of books that, are accessible and easy to understand for them and relate to them as well. Mm. Um, So a lot of these books, when they do talk about, you know, like, Arabic words and Arabic terminology they do translate it alongside so you're not completely lost when you're reading it which is really handy. Yeah that's
1: that sounds good and Asim Khan I've heard some of his talks previously and he is very um like yeah I really like him uh he yeah. and his, the way he explains things is uh isn't too complicated mm-hmm. it's easy to understand
2: definitely because he's from
1: the UK and um and I know he works with the youth a lot so Okay, alhamdulillah. Yeah. How is that a new
2: book then, or has that been around for a while? I think this has been around for, certainly I remember seeing it like last year or the year before, so it has been around for quite a while. But um, yeah, I'm not sure the exact kind of release date uh-huh. or publication date of it. Okay, wonderful. So the next book is one that I haven't personally read this, but I've heard really good things about this, and I intend to read it after Ramadan, inshallah. It's called The Crowning Venture by Sadi Mian. So this is a book of inspiration from women who have memorized the Quran. So Mm. it contains inspirational stories and memorization techniques that help the reader memorize the Quran. Um, And one thing that I really look forward to when I read this book is that um, I'm kind of getting more into like Islamic female scholarship and learning more about that and reading more books kind of about women, by women. Um, So I think this is really good, you know, as women, we don't really have, like, I think the norm kind of is listening to, you know, male speakers, male sheiks, and things like that. So to actually have a book that has stories from, you know, female Quran reciters, I think that's really inspirational, motivational for us because, you know, the most famous kind of Quran reciters are men. They're the ones we kind of, they'll go to, you know, if you're listening to Mishari al or something like that, um, it's really hard to find female ones. So I think this is really inspirational to us as women. Um, in fact, I didn't hear or know of any like kind of, renowned female Quran recites until a couple of years ago. And I'm in my 20s. And that's just really sad to me because it's like, you know, I could have grown up listening to female reciters, and that would have empowered me and inspired me to want to recite Quran more. Um, So it's really empowering to have these women to look up to.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
1: I I go on when I listen, it's misery that I go on to um, yeah. because that's what I've been it's funny, I used to listen to the tapes previously and now it's on mm-hmm. um I listen to him on YouTube when I, and I and yeah, that's very I'd never even thought of that. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there's such a thing around a woman's voice is hour that you know she yeah. can that okay we know we don't sing in public you know we don't do that and we don't um sing in front of a male audience but because of it it's so um it's like we kind of go ott you know yeah and
2: i don't think there's any reason to apply that to the quran because obviously speaking in a seductive manner or singing that's not like reciting the quran that's you know you're reciting the words of allah so it's kind of we kind of you know apply principles that are meant for one thing onto something that's you know could empower loads of like there would have been loads of chapters by now if women's voice wasn't considered or in the sense that it, you know in terms of like it being applied to the quran mm. so it's quite sad yeah
1: i know isn't it so interesting how you're right the more you start it when you start learning about the whole topic of women in Islam and the rights that Allah's given women, when you actually make an effort to do that, and I I can understand completely why some women may not have the time or the resources to do that. But um, when you do, you then realize, Oh my goodness, I should have done this a long time. It's so important that I do know what Allah wants, has given me and what Allah has allowed me to do, because then I'm then going to go and do it and I'm going to rather than taking on like secondhand information that oh you can't do this or you can't do that because we do start self-restricting so much mm-hmm. to the point where you, you put yourself in this box as a Muslim woman yeah. and and then no wonder people look at us and think oh you're not allowed to do anything but
2: yeah half of it isn't even Islamic <laughs> yeah exactly um
1: it's yeah it's a real eyelet opener um so okay alhamdulillah so that that I guess, sounds like a, um,
2: much, a very good book and who mm. who who wrote that then is it was it compiled by someone did you say um yes the author is Sadiya Mian so I think she it contains stories from different women and who have recited who have memorized the Quran Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. And because memorizing Quran in itself is Mashallah, such an amazing brilliant
2: Mashallah, yeah you know
1: I know one person who has and I was like quite a like she did it when she was younger and mm-hmm. no I know two On a two yeah and um, wow. yeah so uh, that's alhamdulillah that sounds brilliant um
2: mm-hmm. so what's your what's what's uh what's another book you're recommending so we're slowly getting to the end so we're on number okay. six <laughs> so this one is actually one that I've started I started this last week it's called gateway to the quranic sciences by imam Suyuti. Mm. um so this book is about the Ulum al-Qur'an, which is the sciences of uh, sciences associated with understanding the Qur'an, the revelation. Um, and this book is, it's not the actual book, it's a summary of Imam Siwati's Al-Itqan uh, fi Ulum al-Qur'an. Um, so it talks about the nature and order of revelation, wording, you know, Arabic wording, expressions, and how the Qur'an should be recited. Um, so I think it's a good read for those who want to learn more about so, if you want to learn more about the context of revelation and kind of the major themes within the Quran, um, yeah, so I've just started it, so I can't really give more than that. But inshallah, I'm going to, this is one of my Ramadan reads. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. I can, you know, do a review on that post Ramadan. Yeah, inshallah. And
1: are you, during Ramadan, do you, um, like, kind of not read so much non, um, sorry, don't read as much fiction as you normally would? Do you, or is that not the case? Yeah.
2: Exactly I don't I don't read fiction at all during Ramadan I just don't see the point of it because it's kind of like you know there, there's so much more that I could be doing know, that's more beneficial even if it is like an Islamic fiction book I just don't see the point of it and I know loads of other people on Bookstagram and Instagram who don't also don't do that so they'll still keep their accounts active but they'll post you know more Islamic things and Islamic books rather than reading kind of nonsensical fiction books. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, like
1: I can I can totally understand why people are like I I remember it's funny when we were going up um doing Ramadan my dad would banned the tv
0: (laughs) it would literally be (laughs) unplugged
1: and yeah and we're like (laughs) and no one's touching the tv and when we were young we hated it it was like oh you you know and you couldn't we didn't have uh, we didn't have computers our own computers laptops anything like that but Mm -hmm. now I totally understand why I get it absolutely
2: yeah because the thing is even for me like in general I don't really watch much tv like I'm working and then when I finish work the, the only other thing I want to do is read so mm-hmm. alhamdulillah for that but yeah and when I do watch it's kind of just documentaries and things I don't really watch yes. anything apart from that but yeah no I totally get that like as a child you'd be like I want to watch I don't know what Netflix or whatever and then <laughs> you get older you're like oh my god banning the tv is a brilliant idea yeah
1: it's, it's amazing what <laughs> it happens as you get older yeah. you wise. <laughs> definitely um excellent so and um is this your what's next? next is this the last recommendation or are this um, um there's three more oh wonderful um, no no that's yeah. brilliant I was thinking yeah I don't want to uh, yeah so what's the
2: next one so this is another book that I've heard really good things about um I don't know if it's available in the UK it might be available on Amazon but this is called Heart's Turn by Michael Sugik I don't have to say his surname but yes yeah, by Michael Sugik and this book is about Thulba. So it's about how to reconcile our shortcomings and the sins that we have and how to use that as a way to bring us back to Allah. So as we know, and this kind of links into the other reflecting on the names of Allah book that I mentioned first, one of Allah's names is At-Tawwab and Tawwab itself means to turn or to return to goodness. So At-Tawwab, which is one of Allah's names, means it's the acceptor of this return. So the acceptor of repentance or the oft returning. Um, so in this book, the author detail stories of people around the globe who have kind of turned their lives around. And I think this is one thing that's really good for kind of the lay Muslim who's like, Oh, well, where do I start? You know, I've got so many sins. I've done so much Mm. wrong in my life. You know, there's no, there's no turning back for me. Like, where do I go from this? And I think that it ties into this whole feeling of, you know, helplessness that we often have and we're like well I've done this wrong like there's no point starting now why should I start so I think this is one of those inspirational reads where you look at people who have probably done worse things than you but and you know if they can turn their lives around why can't why can't I why can't we mm, um so yeah. this is one that I definitely need to kind of read as well mm-hmm, that's very true that's yeah
1: that's, uh, so, so what was the name of that book again
2: um Heart's Turn Heart's Turn and um yeah. is that an American book I believe so yeah I don't think he's British but I'll need to double check that mm-hmm. I don't really know much about the author yeah right okay um and so what's uh, what's the next one on the list so the next one is Al-Shama'il al-Muhammadiyya by Imam Tirmidhi, And I think you know many people have either read this or read a kind of summarized version of it because I've read the summarized version of it, but I recently got my hands on the actual copy and it's just such an aesthetically beautiful book. I would really recommend getting your hands on this. Um, I know Imam Ghazali Institute sell it, which are, they, they're a US bookstore, uh, but I'm sure you can find it in the UK as well. So this is basically a comprehensive and detailed work on the physical and spiritual qualities and attributes of the prophet Mm -hmm. Um, so it provides detailed descriptions of both his physical characteristics and his inner beauty and mannerisms Um, and i think this is a really integral read because you know ramadan is the month of the quran and in order to understand islam and the quran we need to know the person to whom it was revealed so we read these seerah books but how often do we read about his you know physical characteristics and how he you know treated people and things like that um, so, yeah, it's integral for us to know the person to who the Quran was revealed in the first instance. So by understanding and knowing the Prophet, sallam, we can you know, fully comprehend the Quran and God's message. Um, I don't know if you've read this or read a summarized version of it. I've all. um I read
1: um I've read a number of Sirah books, um, mm-hmm. The Life of the Prophet. Sallam, and I do um, you know, when you read about the prophet daily life and the way he looked yeah. and things like that it then makes you you then it, it's, it's like having a friend like you vision if, when you spend time with someone and then you start to see how nice they are then you want to spend mm-hmm. more time with them and then you begin to love them and you like them and and then you want to, so then if we want and I found that um that helped me then want to follow his example yeah. whereas if you don't know anything about the Prophet, then how are you going to you it's not just, of course, you know, we know we we believe in the Prophet, we believe in Allah and we believe in uh, mm-hmm. the, the Prophet, but I think we I found that when I made an effort to do that, it then made me think, yeah, I want to be like him and right, I want to do what he did. And he was such a nice but like you have yes, to make an him. effort, and um, and I think that's uh I think that's really important that um and I I'm actually thinking of seriously reading a Asira um again like um I remember there was a time I think I'm when I was oh it was a while ago I might maybe had five in a row because I I wanted to oh, well, like I, read, I remember reading Karen, Karen <laughs> Armstrong yeah she's a Christian yeah. um uh nun I was about to call her nurse no she's not <laughs> she's a nun <laughs> And her version, yeah. I remember Martin Ling's version, and I remember yeah, yeah. uh oh, Sealed Nectar. And mm-hmm. then there was a guy, Oh know, gosh. Like, uh, because I wanted to know, um, and it, oh gosh, and then though I remember there's some one, I can't remember who it was. He it was a non-Muslim guy and he wrote a really awful one. Oh, and no. it was so good that having read a few and I thought and I didn't know much back then, I thought, oh well, he's lying, even though mm. I didn't know the, uh, like mm. other way because how come they all didn't mention it?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah this sounds like a, a a very good book to revisit um it's like kind of it sounds like you'd get to know the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam
2: better. Yeah definitely because I think even growing up as children when you're being taught Islam at a very basic level your parents are like okay well you need to love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and it's just like well I need to know him do you know what I mean like obviously we do love unconditionally but it's kind of like your love for him sallam, is enhanced when you actually understand him, understand his personality, his characteristics, like such a beautiful human being, mashallah. And I think this is something that we should really kind of, you know, when we have kids or if we're raising kids, to really instill that love of the Rasul into their hearts by kind of indulging in these kind of books, like the Shema'il in particular, you know, because I think as children, children are very visual as well. So mm. when you're explaining, you know, his physical features, his hair, his smile, his stature, everything like that, that helps them, um, you know, understand him. And then you can, you know, indulge into his characteristics and manners, how he treated people and things like that. I think that's something really integral, especially for children, to have Mm -hmm. that kind of visualization aspect of him. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that sounds good
2: um okay so is are we now on the final recommendation yes oh, yeah. okay <laughs> yeah okay so this one is a very popular book I, you've probably heard of it it's called purification of the heart by sheikh hamza yusuf oh yes um, i have yeah so yeah i'm I can't remember if I've read this there's like my brain is just a database so I have to think about <laughs> okay have I read this book or have I not I don't think this is one that I've read but I know it's a very popular work and um loads of people really recommend it so that's why I've included it in the list because it's definitely one I'm going to read as well um so this the purification of the heart is basically Hamza Yusuf's um translation and expansion on Imam Mouloud's Matharad al-Qloob which is purification of the heart so Um, In this book, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf talks about what makes our heart so diseased and dark and you know when we commit sins that basically puts this kind of pressure and disease on our heart and how we can go about curing our heart. Um, So when we talk about diseases of the heart we're referring to obviously spiritual maladies so things like jealousy, envy, hatred, arrogance, lust, those kind of like negative feelings Um, and I think the whole purpose of Ramadan is self-discipline and control so In this work, um, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf talks about how we can overcome these diseases and kind of purify and heal our hearts. So purification of the heart is kind of like, you know, we need to uh, purify our souls and our hearts and to actually understand the type of human beings we're supposed to be. Because obviously we all sin, we all fall into things like jealousy and envy and things like that, but we need to really work on ourselves and kind of nipping it in the bud and not letting those negative, negative feelings manifest more than they need to. Um, and I think with this this sounds like one of those books that you can just come back to again and again um, when you need a refresher or if you feel yourself spiraling or having negative thoughts um, for example if like you know we all live on social media these days so when we see people that have more than us or live in beautiful houses and are pretty and things like that we it makes us feel you know a sense of envy or jealousy why can't I look like that why can't I have that giant house that this person's in and you know those kind of negative thoughts so I think this book will be really integral in just you know t- making us take a step back and just reevaluating our feelings
1: mm, yeah yeah that because it's it's interesting that Ramadan is the t- um because the shared are all tied up then mm-hmm. we can at least giving us a chance here to to ch- you know to to become the, you know this is a this is a cliche you know the best version of ourselves as a Muslim yeah, and yeah so that sounds like a good and it's and the thing is that it's sometimes I know there've been times it depends on um, who you listen to, but so sort of the purif- uh, purifying your heart can be um, seen as oh it's it is it's a bit you know it's a bit Sufi what are you yeah. you know and
2: mm-hmm. uh, people don't like I don't know they don't take it seriously yeah think, that's it saying, oh it's just you know Sufi mumbo jumbo purifying the heart what about the external actions and mm. you know we have to think well our external actions are only as good as our soul, if that makes sense. Mm, So once we purify ourselves, then our external actions will be enhanced because we understand who we are as people and how we should treat other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because with the, with our touch, it's very easy to do things to be seen. um, Mm. And there's a particular way we want people to think ourselves, but ultimately Allah does know what's in our heart and Mm -hmm. We do need to, and that the that very famous hadith about, and I'm paraphrasing that you know about mm. that if your heart is clean, you know there's a there's a um there's a piece of flesh inside you that if it's you know mm-hmm. unclean and and it's dark, then the rest of you know that's going to affect the rest of your your life and your actions, and it's really it's funny how. Uh, again, as you become, um, as you mature, you become wiser to this, where it's very quick to look at people and judge them on their outer parents. So, mm-hmm. and the thing is that the good thing is that this is a very personal thing, pure in your heart, you know, why not do it? It's not like you have to... Mm-hmm. Um, Sell, you know, broadcast to everyone that I'm doing this. That I'm a really jealous person. <laughs> and I'm really greedy. You just, you know, if you're greedy or jealous, yeah. or, you know. Yeah. So work on it for yourself. You know. Um, exactly. You know, it's like the idea: if you hold grudges, grudges harm the person you the most. The person yeah. you're holding the grudge against they have no idea you're holding that grudge. Exactly. Um, but okay, so alhamdulillah yeah. So exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I think that's a brilliant list. If yeah. what I'll do, um. I'll put it. I'll put this list on on the website as well. But like I said, you can. I think you've got a post, haven't you, on your Instagram page, Bookie? Yeah,
2: yeah. So
1: for listeners, if you you know if you're on Instagram, put, go to um, Sarah's um, page and you can then see that list straight away. And then if you don't have Instagram, I'll, I'll put it on my website, smartmuslima.com. But jazakala hair As usual, it's lovely speaking to you. Oh, and, yes, uh,
2: thank you.
1: Ramadan Mubarak to you and your family in advance. Yeah,
2: Ramadan Kareem.
1: <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so take care. And we'll speak again soon, inshallah.
2: Yes, inshallah.
1: Inshallah, if you found this podcast useful, please leave a review so others can find out about it. Currently, this podcast is a one-man band. I do produce... And do everything on my own but unfortunately due to health issues i'm going to have to reduce the frequency of the episodes that i'm creating so i really do need to hire some people to help me to produce the podcast and to really market it as well now inshallah you can help me and support me by doing dua inshallah for my health and secondly by donating. You can do that via the link in the podcast notes and also on my LinkTree bio, which is Farhatameen underscore UK. It's on my Instagram bio as well. Your donations will help me cover production and overhead course and you'll be part of this amazing work helping me to grow the Smart Muslim podcast to another level so that we can reach more people educating and sharing this beautiful Deen, Islam. I'm tremendously honoured and blessed to have a community of people who value what I do. So again, thank you so much for your duas, reviews and donations.